This is the Horse Radio Network. Ever had a tough ride and just didn't want to get back on? We feel ya. This week, we're talking about how to combat those feelings of fear and insecurity. We're also excited to celebrate creativity in the horse world with the Heels Down Spark Awards. And would you do yoga with mini horses? Heck yes. Thanks for tuning in. From Heels Down Mag, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome Welcome to Happy Happy Hour. Hour. I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Jessica Payne. And I'm Ellie Wozniaka. Welcome to episode 86 of Heels Down Happy Hour. Hey guys. How's it going? Oh, it's crazy. You know, we're in the middle of Kentucky week and the move and everything, but I don't know. I think we all feed off craziness, so I'm excited. Yeah, I heard the weather in Kentucky is like especially Kentucky. So is it like cold and rainy where you are? Uh, Yeah, it went from 75 degrees to snowing. Yikes. And all of 24 hours. (laughs) Yeah. How do you guys prep the horses for that? You know, like going from those conditions so quickly. Is there anything you do? um, We make sure they get a lot of water. We do wet their grain a lot or Mm -hmm. they get alfalfa mixes if they don't eat the grain or mash bran or whatever. Just so that we know the ones that eat a lot, we'll go ahead and just soak their grain. But ours also get an alfalfa pellet or we use this just like alfalfa pellets that we get at the feed store that are like smaller, not the cubes. Mm -hmm. And they soak up better for us. So then and you soak those so they get tons of water in that and they're getting, you know, an additional hay as long as they don't get hot. But probably 85, 90% of our horses get that. Interesting. So then it just makes sure they're getting hydrated within their, you know, what they're eating as well as then hopefully they're drinking pretty well. Gotcha. Well, this episode is brought to you by Arena Saddles. With saddles for every discipline and confirmation and priced at just $1,499, there's an arena saddle that's perfect for you. Check them out by looking up your local saddlery. So, Ellie, do you have a drink for us this week? So, guys, my drink this week is totally up my alley. It's super simple. So, have you guys ever had Deep Eddy Sweet Tea Vodka? I've had Sweet Tea Vodka, but not this brand before. Okay. I can't. I, I can't do sweet tea. The vodka part sounds great, but I love all kinds of tea except for like iced sweet tea. Okay. Well then Jess, so awesome. I'm out on this one, but I mean, <laughs> I'm I'll in, up, don't worry. I'll I'm hit in. up the vodka part. So let's hear Okay. It. All right. So I'm sure it would be fine with any brand, but so sweet tea, vodka, muddled mint, lemonade, and ice equal parts. Personally, the mint gets too too fancy for me just straight in with the sweet tea and the lemonade and it's like it's like you don't know you're drinking but you're See, drinking <laughs> that actually sounds really good as like a spring drink like summer drink i would just get like a tea betty's like regular vodka or whatever it is just so, like tito's i love tito's but just vodka muddle mint lemonade like that sounds really good actually mm. so i think you could like everybody could drink this sounds really good So, Jess, are you going to give us an update on the Olympics? (sighs) I mean, all systems are seeming go. Obviously, like, we don't know who's going to be on the team and everything. But it's very interesting that the U.S. show jumping team just posted, like, the shortlist and everything. 
and a lot of people had multiple rides and stuff. And obviously the eventing won't get posted till after at least Jersey. I think it might even be a little longer than that, but everything that we've heard out, I mean, we've seen a lot of publications and everything that aren't sure. And obviously we're not sure, but Doug has three listed and they're, they've gone through the accreditations, all the people making sure like a month or so ago, you had to have everybody's information. in if you had to add or switch, you know, somebody, but I mean, I think all systems are a go. I think it's going to be a very different Olympics. If it happens, I think there's going to be obviously like no spectators. You're not going to be able to go. I think they're talking about the riders, everybody like going into like a pre quarantine and everything. So, I mean, fingers crossed. Cause I think it'd be super fun for everybody at home and just, you know, I feel like it's going to feel a little bit of normalcy, even if people can't go, if that makes sense. So I'm fingers crossed it can happen. What about you, Ellie? So I actually read a really interesting article and I'm just kind of, kind of going to give you the gist of it, but it was in the New York times about this industrial park in Nevada where basically you can kind of look out and see these wild horses and a lot of the business owners down there, including like Elon Musk from Tesla have been kind of boasting about the fact that you can, you know, watch these horses, you know, randomly roam around and stuff like that. And as awesome and cool as it is, it's really interesting to look at kind of all sides of it because this is such a huge industrial park that the emissions, I guess, are just really rough, not only on our environment, but on the horses in general. There's been like accidents where the horses are causing, you know, roadblocks and whole bunch of things that, um, kind of are all up in the plate, up in the air. But right now it's talking about how they're like, People spend $30,000 a year for water tanks and feeding programs to maintain the herds um, that are out by this uh, park or excuse me, the industrial park. So I just think I thought it was really cool as someone who, you know, gets to sometimes work and watch horses. um, I mean, mine are mostly just like, you know, spooning each other in the pasture. They're not, you know, running around doing fun stuff. Um, But I just thought it was a really interesting article and we'll definitely share the link with you guys. Yeah, I read that story too. It was in the New York Times, right? And it was um it was fascinating. I always like to read like, you know, you know, mainstream people's take on horse stuff and you know, this one was interesting about how like the tech sector intersects with it, you know. Like how while watching wild horses is like a perk of like a tech job, you know, it's kind of silly. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought it was really interesting as so. Okay, so my story is actually a Florida story. Um, and so we've heard of goat yoga, right? Or you do yoga with goats. We've heard of like paddleboard yoga. Well, now in Florida, in Naples, Florida, actually, which is south of me and sort of like on the way to Wellington on my side of the coast of Florida, there's a therapeutic riding center that is now doing a weekly yoga program with mini horses. And just imagine this for a minute. You know, I'm trying to think of like people who aren't really horse people like if it were up to me, that would be like the last animal I'd want to do yoga with. Cause mini horses are mean, man. You know, am I right? Or then a, then a goat. <laughs> yeah. A goat like will jump on your back and it's cute and funny, but like mini horses are like, you got a carrot. No, I'm going to bite you. You know? Yeah. I but, think they're like, yeah, I would be kind of terrified to do that. But yeah. Right. Min- like I don't need to be upside down on the ground with mini horses in the same pen. <laughs> right. 
But it's all for a good cause. So it's the Naples Therapeutic Writing Center. I started this weekly program where you could take a yoga class. Um, it's in a covered ring. One of the mini horses' name is Itty Bitty. Uh, you know, they're really cute in these pictures. And basically, when you uh, you pay a donation to take the class, and it, it goes towards, you know, the miniature horse activities, but you're supporting this therapeutic riding center. It also helps to pay for a program that they do uh, to help teach school children to read, and they use the horses um, to help with that program. So it's all very cute. But yeah, I like yoga. I like mini horses. I just don't want to combine them together, I think. <laughs> I feel like Josh would totally get behind this. Josh Dolan from the Peeps Foundation. Oh yeah, he would one. Oh, he would one hundred percent. I should tell him. Love it. I will. I'm actually going to call him tomorrow and be like, "Hey, I got a new thing for all the minis to do. Mini yoga. (laughs) That would be amazing." Oh my gosh! So shout out to everybody who's donated to us on Patreon. We really appreciate everyone who contributes every month or once every once in a while. It really helps us to keep the show going and keep having fun with you guys. If you're interested in donating, go ahead and check out www.patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash heels down. All right. So we have a really interesting product to review this week. And Ellie, I know you got a set too, right? We're going to talk about Draper Therapy's Nobo Wraps. and I'm not going to lie. I've wanted a pair of these for forever. I feel like there are a lot of companies who have gotten into this space, right, of, you know, using fibers that have some mineral properties to them that help increase blood flow and just overall are um, help horses uh, recover faster from physical activity. I feel like there are a lot of it's sort of like a trendy thing right now. But Draper Therapies is definitely one of the originals who've been doing this for a really long time. And I feel like they, they really understand what works and what doesn't. So um, Ellie, tell me, tell me your thoughts. Like you've had the, you've had the Nobo wraps for a little while now. What did, what's your, what's your read on them? Well, I think we're both going to be in a similar boat because we both have had lame horses for a while. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, So these were really helpful just to, Um, you know, I felt like I was doing more than just, you know, poultice and wrapping. Like I felt like there was more benefit and I felt like he would come out of being wrapped all night and he was, you know, sounder and he just seemed generally less stiff, which I always really like, especially with a horse that has crazy arthritis like he does, especially down in his fetlock areas. So as an old rainer, I think that definitely you know, helped him just to be more comfortable on the stall rest. But what about, what about you, Justine? How's Michael been liking him? So, yeah, you kind of, you kind of nailed it, Ellie. It's uh, obviously my horse has been on stall rest for uh, a stifle strain and he's a, he's just a big, long horse. He's just a big dude. And even when we go to horse shows, staying in a stall overnight, he's just prone to stocking up. It's just part of him. So I, I really like Draper's uh, Cellient product for this reason. You know, like I'll wrap his legs and he'll, he's been on stall rest with the stifle injury. And um, when I show up the next morning to check on him, see how he's doing and take the, the wraps off, he is like, his legs are ice tight, man. Like I'm, I'm really impressed with just how well it works. 
So, uh, so again, Draper uses cellient, uh, which is a fiber that helps provide temporary increase in blood flow. So for a big horse like Mikey, that's stuck in a stall, I just, you know, blood flow is the greatest thing, uh, to helping keep inflammation at bay, uh, to help keep his muscles warm and, and just relaxed. So I see myself using these all the time. You know, I have a couple of similar products, but they're like the they're quick wrap boots style. So I actually appreciated using a real Nobo wrap. It's the first time I've used them in a while. And I like actually had to wrap my horse's leg. And I just maybe it's the traditionalist in me, but I just I prefer it now. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm happy to like wrap a leg again. But they've been they've been super helpful. Again, with my horse being on stall rest, I I just think I'll use them every time he gets in the trailer. I think I'll use them every time we go to a horse show and I, I will feel better knowing that I have Draper's no bows uh, to help keep that blood circulating and to keep him from stocking up. Yeah, I'm definitely excited for once he actually gets sound enough for me to you know, get him back to showing, you know, especially since I live kind of out in the middle of nowhere, the traveling to shows, I'm really excited to see how it'll benefit him once he gets off the trailer to show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll be curious to see what you think, too. So if you want to check him out for yourself, you can go to drapertherapies.com. Draper is spelled D-R-A-P-E-R. So drapertherapies.com. And again, these are the Draper Equine Therapy Nobo Wraps. So I have a question for you guys, and this is inspired by one of our listeners, uh, Courtney, who posted in our Facebook group. She's posted several times about her chestnut thoroughbred mare and just uh, kind of running into running into some training problems. You know, it's a it's it's something we all deal with when you're riding and training horses. Um, but she posted just recently about feeling unmotivated to get back in the saddle after having a kind of a poor performance at a recent horse show. And I, I just thought the question was interesting because I feel like it's, it's pretty universal, right? We all have bad, bad performances at horse shows or just bad rides, you know, and then it, it kind of lingers, right? Sometimes it um, gets in your head, it can fester, it can affect the next ride. So I wanted to ask you your opinions on how, you know, how do you find the motivation to get back on after a really bad performance? So Jess, like, what do you do? Or do you, is it, do you think it's better to just take some time off and regroup or just should you get right back on and address the problem right away? I think it really just depends on the situation. Like if it's one that you can get back on and you have help and everything, I think it's always better mentally just to say, look, let's do it again. Or if you're, you know, like at a jumper show and you can go back in the ring the next day, you can maybe just then feel better about it. Well, if you have to end the weekend and you have to go home and you're like kind of festering on it, maybe that's not the right situation to do. But my gut is always to kind of go back at it and say, look, let's get a positive thing about it so that you don't mentally think about it. Because I think the more you sit and think about all the bad, you kind of almost work yourself up too much. But if it's a situation like where you're eventing and you're stuck and it's a bad show and you have to go home and you don't really have a trainer and the horse was super nappy, like let's say they had a ditch problem or whatever else, and you try to go Yes, maybe I'd wait for the trainer to go rehash the ditch again. So I think it really kind of depends. But my gut is that you kind of always go back at it as soon as you feel comfortable and as soon as possible so that you don't mentally kind of overthink it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree with you. What do you think, Ellie? Um, So I think that, you know, Jess has a good point about like problems and stuff like that. But I, I feel like when something bad happens to just kind of 
move on to something else. So I teach this a lot with uh, some of my clients have really like bad confidence issues. So if something happens and the horse spooks or something, then they don't really want to ride, you know, the next day or the next week because they're scared something's going to happen. And I always tell them just to go do something else, do something that they are confident in or that their horses are confident in, whether that's, you know, go for a trail ride or whether that's, um, you know, work on the ground you know, anything like that, just to kind of remind you why you do it. I think that that's, you know, the most important thing, because we all have bad rides. I mean, I was riding a client's horse in front of her the other day, and I could not for the life of me figure out why the horse was picking up the counter canner until I was like, oh, my seat's completely crooked. And I'm asking this horse with the wrong leg. Like that legitimately happened to me, which I don't think that's happened to me since I was, I don't know, it was it was really embarrassing. And I'm like, oh, hey, you're paying me money to ride your horse. And uh, I forgot how to ask for the canner. So I think like, you know, I mean, things happen, you know, you just kind of have to, you know, think about something else and remind yourself why you do it to get yourself back um, to the point where you want to do it and you want to try again, if that makes sense. Definitely. I think that's a. I think that's the biggest thing is it's all about having fun. And that's why we all do this sport. What about you, Justine? Like as an amateur, what is your kind of take on it? Yeah, well, I've definitely had bad days and I'm the type of person who who like can't let crap go. So like if I had a bad performance or I had like a refusal out of fence, like I will think about it literally constantly forever until I can ride again the next day and I will be in a, uh, a terrible mood. I, you know, this is a personal problem. I'm just a type A crazy person where I, I like I can't live and, and with it until I can fix it, you know, but, um, it's been hard for me to sometimes put those feelings aside and go, I don't think I'm going to accomplish anything that's going to be productive if I keep trying to drill my horse to fix this problem. So, uh, you know what I mean? Like it's, I have to, I have to overcome those feelings and just go, I'm going to wait and bring this up with my trainer because all I'm going to do is, uh, continue to frustrate myself and I'll ride more poorly and I'm just going to frustrate my horse and then uh, basically untrain him by trying, by trying to train him sometimes, <laughs> if that, if that yeah. makes sense, you know? So, so I think you're both right in that it's really situational, right? If it's like, Oh, my horse took a weird distance to a ditch and then he refused it. I'm immediately going to try to, to try to go in school ditches again. And then if I notice that that pro that problem is persisting, then I'm going to stop and cut my losses and call the trainer, um, you know, to try to, to fix that instead of trying to make a small problem, a bigger problem, you know, but definitely it's all, it's all situational. And then it's all about your mindset. So it might be hard for me to let go of the ditch problem, but then on the next couple of rides, I might focus on things that I, I know I'm really good at, or I know my horse and I are good at together um, just to give him some more confidence and probably me some confidence and just a little bit of a break and to focus on something beyond the issue until I can get with my trainer, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, 100%. All right, guys, I want to talk to you about something super fun we're doing at Heels Down. I don't know if you've heard yet, but this week we launched the Spark Awards, which is an international competition for inspiring people. Basically, we want to reward creative talent in the horse world. So if you've got a cool idea, a cool company, you're a great writer, you have your own podcast, 
You're a great photographer. We're talking to you. Hillsdown Media is hosting the Spark Awards, which are open to equestrians, entrepreneurs, designers, and more. And basically, if you just have a cool idea that touches the equestrian industry in some way, we want you to apply. So the awards are now open. We have seven different categories, and you can find that all by going to our website, heelsdownmag.com. And there you'll, you could fill out a form to apply, which um, if you're a photographer, we want to see some examples of your work. Same if you're a writer. If you have your own video series or podcast, you can apply as well. Um, we also have an art and design category. And then we have two really cool entrepreneur categories, one for a startup and one for a business that's been in been around for two plus years. And the winners will be selected by a panel of expert judges. And Ellie, I know you are a judge, one of our judges. I don't know how expert I am. But <laughs> I know you'll do a great job. But also Glenn, you know, from the Horse Radio Network is another one of our judges. We're going to release our list of all of the judges, which include people from all over the equestrian industry, um, from top riders to uh, top photographers, all kinds of people. And basically, uh, you can apply. Uh, you need to apply by May 15th. And then um, how we will judge, how we'll pick a winner, essentially, is uh, the public gets to vote. So 25% of the of the decision will come down to that public vote, which only subscribers to the Heels Down Spark will get to vote on our finalists. So if you're not a subscriber, now is a great time to sign up. And then the other 75% is going to be decided by that expert panel of judges. So again, you should apply by May 15th. It doesn't cost anything to enter. Everything needs to be submitted by midnight on May 15th. And then we will, um, we will announce our finalists. And again, uh, you'll be able to vote on those finalists in the spark sometime next month. You know, I think this is going to be really fun. I think it's important to, to give shout outs to people who are doing really cool things and maybe they're a little off the beaten path. Um, we have a category called change maker, which is just for people who've really made an impact in some way. Um, and it could be an impact in, you know, n- not the traditional means you think of, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see who we get to apply for some of these categories. So guys, fly season is coming for those of us who actually experience all four seasons. Protect your flies inside out with Smart Pack. Everything from fly sheets, fly masks, sprays. Get everything you need um, for fly season at smartpackequine.com. All right, guys, it's time for Rose and Thorn. Who wants to go first? I can go first. All righty, let's hear it. All right, so my Rose and my Thorn are kind of similar and honestly kind of relates to this whole article, like this whole episode, because my thorn is that I went to a horse show this past weekend and my horse hadn't been out, you know, because the move and the EHV and everything else, we haven't really shown a bit. And the first couple of days, not going to lie, we were pretty rusty. Like it wasn't as pretty. It wasn't as perfect, all this. So I was like, oh my gosh, like I feel so rusty. And it wasn't that it was like, terrible like on paper or anything it's just it didn't and it wasn't perfect on paper by any means but it was just like middle of the road like wow we are better than this and that's not what it feels like type thing so that's definitely like my thorn of the week but my rose goes with it because like we talked about going right back in and like making it happen kind of was I finally was like okay like what do I do you know do I go back in I don't really feel like it but 
got myself together, went back in and he won the next class wow. like the next day. So, and it was a speed round and I'm not really the fastest rider. Like I want to be like pretty. I'm not really, no one's ever called me fast on cross country or show jumping or anything. I'm not <laughs> that fast. <laughs> so to go in and win the speed round, I was really happy. I went back in and like made myself do it because it was, you know, it was the third day or whatever. So it was like, I jumped a bunch. I was like, do I really like, is it really going to get better the next day? So I was really proud that I like went back in and it was much better. And yeah, I ended up winning the speed round. So it was awesome. That is awesome. I'm happy for you. What horse was that with Jess? It's a horse that my dad has been leasing. His name's Gallander T and he does everything from the point eights with my dad all the way up to the meter 15s with me and should move up a little bit more. So he's a cool horse. Very cool. What about you, Ellie? Um, so I, I guess my rose is a little bit of like a dying rose because it's not really a good thing, but it's a good thing. So <laughs> that was a terrible analogy. Um, <laughs> But my my sister came to visit, which was exciting, and she and my friend gave me a lesson on my horse, which, I mean, they really kicked my butt and kind of ate apart my equitation, <laughs> um, you know, the standard stuff like, why are you chair seating and get your hands out of your crotch kind of thing. And I was like, what do you mean? Why are my reins so long? And so it was just it. It, it was good, and I we had a good time, but it was kind of like a eye opener. Like, oh boy, I I haven't taken a lesson in like three years because I'm still trying to find somebody that'll come out. So that that was my rose is that I got my butt chewed out a little bit and kind of got back into the scene there. My thorn is that I kind of embarrassed myself in front of my clients with not being able to uh, pick up the proper lead on our horse. And I, it was my fault. I was teaching while trying to ride and I was explaining something to the girl that was on the horse about what she should be doing with her left leg and her seat bone. And instead of, you know, being able to separate my brain from my body, my body was doing what I told her to do. And so it was, I mean, we practiced a lot of counter canner. Um, and this lady was like, what are you doing to my horse? I was like, uh, yeah, I forgot that I'm supposed to be asking with my right leg, not my left leg. Um, so that was kind of funny, uh, just as a, uh, oops, stuff happens. Uh, but what about you, Justine? I wish my horse was not lame. I'm there every day and he's just lame. I do have a funny story, so I guess this will be my rose. So my barn owner texted me a picture of my horse the other day, and it was just him looking all grumpy with his head hanging out of his stall door, and his bell boot was just sitting in the middle of the aisle of the barn. And so I looked at the picture, and I texted her back, like, what's his bell boot doing in the barn aisle? And she's like, good question. He keeps throwing it out of his stall and I keep finding it here. So my poor horse is so bored on stall rest. He's like literally ripping his bell boots off his own feet and throwing them out the window. <laughs> uh, I just feel, <laughs> I know. But he's angsty. Uh, he's just so bored and I don't blame him. I feel bad. Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. So, um, so maybe that's my rose that made me laugh or my thorn. Who knows? So 
And then, oh, I guess my thorn or my rose would be, um, even though we can't go to Kentucky just like you, I'm really excited to watch it. I just feel like there hasn't been a big horse event to like watch or stream in a while, you know, like one that I want to like sit all weekend and watch. And I'm really excited to do that this weekend. It's just like watch the horse show and have nostalgia of being in Kentucky and just watch you guys jump all the big jumps. So I am excited for Kentucky weekend, even if it's not going to be the same. I think it'll still be a lot of fun. I know. We'll have to get the debrief format from you when it's all over, like how it all went, you know, hundred percent. Okay. So we've got this mailbag from Veronica. She sent us an email and I'm going to read it to you guys. And I'm hoping one or both of you can offer some advice. So she recently discovered one of her horses is suffering from kissing spine and she's working through the treatment and rehab at this moment. He's not a candidate for the surgery. So they're going to try shockwave therapy and poor Veronica feels terrible because she thought her horse was just a huge jerk the whole time when he was actually in pain. And it took four different vets until they were able to figure out the issue and start working through it. So Veronica wants to know Have any of us had experience with kissing spine? This is the first time she's really had to deal with it. And she's trying to stay positive through rehab. And she just is struggling. And I I could feel you there, Veronica. But uh, Jess, have you ever had any horses come through the barn with kissing spine? And do you have any advice? So I didn't have one necessarily with kissing spine. But the high society horse that I took to Rolex a couple times, he had kind of chronic back issues. And shockwave was the only thing that really helped him. So we would shock his back. And if it was on a light week or whatever, we could just give him a couple days off and he'd recover. But he ended up loving the shockwave. Like he would sit there with no drugs, get shockwaved. And then I would end up giving him off the next day. If we were like, you know, in the middle of work, needing to go to Kentucky or somewhere else that I would end up giving him a day off. And then I'd put him on the lunge line with side reins and he ended up working really well through that. So I think there are different ways that you can definitely manage it. And so I would think, talk to the vet that ended up diagnosing the horse with the kissing spine and work with them. And I think there are different rehab strategies that actually would work your horse that you could be very successful with. So if you have a question for us and you'd like for us to answer it on air, you can send us an email by going to hello at heelsdownmedia.com. Or you can join our Facebook group, which is the Heels Down Happy Hour Podcast Lounge. And if you want to hear more from us, and especially if you want to apply for the Spark Awards, you should subscribe to the Heels Down Spark by going to bit.ly slash spark by HD. And we want to say thank you to all of our partners this week, Arena Saddles, Smart Pack, and Draper Therapies. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Cheers! Cheers! 